welcome back or welcome to the Humans of Triathlon or Hot podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with humans of triathlon from around the globe and from all walks of life Hello humans of triathlon this is Swapnil Chauhan here speaking from Melbourne Australia joined by my two co-hosts today Carlos aka Charles from London UK and Sheila Trelevin from Grimsby Ontario Canada Okay so in 1956 the 4 minute mile was finally broken a true feat of endurance at that time 20 years later in 1978 the first ever Ironman triathlon took place our human need to push limits rearing its ambitious head endurance events continue to grow in popularity and evolve as we humans test the limits of both our physical and mental fortitude our guest today began as an 800 meter track runner and as each year went by he consistently tested the boundaries of his own endurance with 19 half ironman 9 full ironman a double and triple ironman events under his belt and with much more to come he truly embodies the meaning of pushing the limits welcome from malta ultra triathlete fabio spiteri hi um thank you for welcome welcome thank you very much for inviting me very glad to have you <laughs> nice to meet you guys likewise we are yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 we are excited you're the first guest from malta mm. so that's obviously exciting yes it is um, Do, do do you know where Malta is because sometimes lots of people they ask me where Malta is actually that's that's the first question that I wanted to make you Fabio because uh, last time I think a couple of months ago we had a guest from from Corsica right, which is sort of close right in that area and uh, I told her you know what forgive me my ignorance but uh, my idea of Corsica no it's like this beautiful island in the middle of the Mediterranean where people to have conversations no they have they, they all they do is sing abba songs while doing choreography right so it reminded me of the mamma mia movie so again <laughs> yes, yes. forgive me of my ignorance with malta but can you please give us a little sort of a summary of what do you think uh, malta is uh, yes yes malta is one of the i think it's one of the smallest island in the mediterranean it's just 20 27 kilometers long it is situated between africa and europe it's um, some 90 kilometers off uh, sicily's coast population were about uh, half a million people it's pretty overpopulated for a small island this size but uh, yeah exactly i was saying yeah, 27 kilometers yes, 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 half yes. a million that's that's a lot yes you can imagine my bike ride uh, when i do 300 kilometer bike rides <laughs> just going in loops oh my god yeah <laughs> so yes yes sometimes i train in a 5 kilometer loop so that's pretty crazy enough <laughs> yeah yeah I believe the first season of Game of Thrones was shot in Malta, wasn't it? Yes, Malta we have beautiful weather and we have beautiful sea. So actually they it's a very uh, favorite spot for uh, big films like uh, Gladiator, Game of Thrones. Oh. Right. Yes, oh, yes. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. There's uh, Troy. Nice. Several 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 big big Hollywood films. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to ask if you get to meet and meet a lot of the actors that come on to the island since the island is so small and there's so many movies there like do you get to you know you're kind of a local celebrity yourself you get to run into the actors um, that may I mean look it's very difficult to meet them because they will have their own private uh, stay in Malta you know and they just from the from the studio and the area where they shoot the film they just go directed to hotel but we have encountered a few a few celebrities yes i was also part of a stuntman uh, five years ago for moby dick so there were quite a few actors um, but oh yes yes interesting but th- that's it mainly they're like they're they actors they like uh, their privacy so <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's very difficult to meet them personally right what's the main language the main language is maltese we have our own language actually our second language is english but yes oh. we have we have our we have it's maltese maltese is a bit of uh, arabic and um, 
English, Italian, it's a, it's a, it's a quite a, a mix up of, of languages. Because Malta, Malta was always invaded, invaded by foreigners. You know, there were, mm. we were, we spent 200 years under the Arabs. We spent several years under the French, um, under the British. We were a British colony, you know, so, but as time passed by, we um, sort of uh, created our own language. Okay. Well, humans of traveling, that's your uh, geography and history lesson for today. <laughs> Thank you later. Yeah. Yes, no, it sounds like an amazing place. Thank you. So were you born and raised there or have you been there all your life? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm born in Malta. Okay. Yes, yes. So like, what's the sporting scene there? What is it like growing up for you? Um, actually, sport in Malta is on the increase, but only recently. Okay. Unfortunately, Malta, we have one of the highest obesity rates in Europe. Oh, really? But that is... Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, we're, we are a very unhealthy country. Maybe due to the our traditional food we eat, but that is changing. These recent last five years, people are getting aware of the importance of physical activity, and all of a sudden, sport is on the increase. Uh, even triathlon is on the increase. Uh, I think there are some 150 registered triathletes in Malta, which is quite a big number for such a small island. Uh, yes, yes, no, sport is on the increase. So basically, we're on the right track now. So growing up, not being in a very, you know, active society, what made you take up sport? Basically, my upbringing was, uh, my teenage days, they were a bit uh, crazy, you know. I, I wasn't into sports, I wasn't into clubbing, I wasn't into parties. Uh, I was living on my own at the age of 17. You know, it's, it's um, you know, when you are young, you do crazy things. I was getting into trouble. <laughs> uh, but then when I was 21 years old, my part, I got um, my partner pregnant, so I became a, a young dad at the age of 21, and that's a big responsibility for me. And I had to change my life, you know. I I I just uh, quit sport. I I just quit uh, smoking. I quit booze. I quit the parties, and I had a lot of free time left in my in my in my life. So I started sports, and basically I was enjoying so much sports that um, I was. Enjoying the, the the endorphins, the adrenaline rush, the satisfaction of what a good session gives me. So that was a kind of something to to look forward. And uh, I think I've been doing sports twenty two years, and I haven't looked back. That's amazing. And your your sounds like your your son was a real turning point in your life. Yes, 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 definitely. Because uh, yes, I needed to change my life because now I was I had to be responsible for a for a human being. So how did you go about changing? Because you know, being in such a society, it's not always easy to let go of those friends and that circle that you have. So how did you sort of transition from that one phase to the next? Yes, basically, I was um, spending most of the time with my son, you know, and the free time I used to train go to work and train luckily i made a couple of new friends that they were into sports so they introduced me to to running and uh, i started running with them and uh, i developed uh, some strength on middle distance so that's when someone spotted me and they told me you should start running 800 meters which i did for uh, six or seven years and that's what this that was the start of my sports career so you ran the 800 meters for 6 to 7 years uh, yes yes i was a malta champion for 6 years interesting in 800 meters it's quite an interesting distance but um, <laughs> to be honest um, it is very 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 strenuous on the on the body on the calf especially because then i was having a lot of injuries on the on my right calf uh, which eventually, eventually, I had to stop running 800 meters and switch to triathlon, because then I would only be running like three times a week instead of uh, trek every day, you know. So there was less impact on my legs. Oh yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then eventually I fell in love with triathlon. Yeah, I can only imagine like doing track every single day. I mean, uh, my coach puts me to do track once a week, and uh, I see, I, I sort of fear that day when it comes <laughs> because uh, after that i just end without a soul and uh in my calves like burning so imagine doing that uh 
like for for every day like it's obviously you you need to to, to for 800 meters yes and the 800 meters it's nowadays it's a sprint eh? you need to wear uh, spike shoes your running style is more uh, leaning forward you know so there's a lot of stress on the legs mm. a lot but i i miss to be honest i miss the distance because it's it's a 800 meters it's a really wonderful race for uh, any track athlete but yeah it's one of my favorite disciplines as well so how old were you when you got into the the triathlon scene you started track at at 22 23 22 yes 22 uh, triathlon scene was eight years eight years later i spent a year doing nothing because i had so much injuries on my on my calf i was getting injured every three months so 2004 2004 i had a break all i did was some weights some gym but then i i eventually started a triathlon so i think 2005 so you did sprints and the shorter distances for a while in triathlon when you first started. What was it that got you interested in, in pushing those limits and starting to push a little bit further into all the half Ironmans you've done uh, in forward, forward? Yes, I'm a very, very, very competitive guy. Uh, if I race, I aim for a podium. The problem was, not the problem, um, the thing was... Um, sprints like there's a limit where where you can reach and if i cannot go faster then i just go longer hmm. so eventually i started doing a uh, olympic distance half ironman and uh, full ironman and i kept on going um i'm i'm almost 45 years old so yeah age comes with a price um your speed will will start decreasing uh, your muscles will start getting less, less strength. That's when you start, you need to compensate with weight training. But being uh, over 40, an athlete will be more mature mentally and physically. So that's the perfect age to go ultra. Yeah. That's, that's why I made a big step from, from IMN to double IMN and triple IMN. Wow. It, I think it was time, it was time to, to eventually go to the next, next page. Also, because I want to test my limits, I still have my limit, so that's why now I'm going to try um, further distances. So, talk to us about these ultra events. Like, first of all, so after you started triathlon, how many years did you continue to do the? I'll call them the normal distances, the sprint to Ironman, like <laughs> human distances. After how many years did you <laughs> progress to the ultra ones? I started the ultra. Two seasons ago, back in 2000, 2017. So, and I started from sprint to IM in 2005. So I did 12 years sprint, Olympic, half IM and full IM. After 12 years, I switched to, to ultra. But it came naturally. It, it, it came natural to me. Um, I, I, I was just ready. You know, it's not something you say, yeah, I'm going to switch to ultra. It just came naturally, and I um, and my my mind was telling me, yeah, now it's time to to change mm. distances. Does it have to do with the fact that you just mentioned you know, that sometimes you feel that you just can't go any faster than you try longer? So, do you feel that that progression was due to the fact that you saw yourself? You know what? I cannot do any any, any faster, more Ironman. Uh, let's just do a double Ironman. Yes, yes, definitely. My my fastest Ironman was is nine hours thirty five. Wow. Uh, Eventually, I cannot think of of going any faster. Uh, even even training wise, you know, training wise, you start you start losing that aggression. So that's when you should start going uh, longer, because then the pace will be much slower. Of course. Yeah, I saw your Ironman and half Ironman times on your Instagram um, profile, and I was just thinking, like, this guy is not only he not only does ultra events, but he's got that speed in him as well. So you've obviously had to build that, you know, progressed from that speed into the endurance. Yes, yes, yes. I um, yeah. eventually uh, I'll, I, because you know, going long it can be uh, pretty uh, boring, I must say, because just <laughs> long, 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 and easy pace. Uh, but sometimes I like to throw a half Ironman just to feel alive again. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I'm doing another half Ironman. In four weeks' time in Sicily, it's it's a race I I won I won uh, two years ago in four hours thirteen. That's a great time. 
are you what what sort of time are you aiming for right now then uh, no it's they changed the route it's in uh, it's in marina de ragusa it's in sicily they changed the route it's a hilly route with around 1000 meters elevation Oof. so i think it should be around 430 mm. and then it depends always on the weather as well because it's an open sea and if it, if the sea can be rough it can slow you down some some good five minutes your times in like the half Ironman and the Ironman are are, are competitive, like competitive for your age group. So, you know, are you still going to be mixing more of those in, or the focus is on just increasing more long distance, like the the ultra ultra Ironmans? Like, are you going to come back and and look for a Kona slots at all? Um, to be honest. I've tried several times to qualify for Kona. I was close. I was um, in Sweden. I was sixth, sixth in category, and the first five were chosen to Kona. Mm. But um, my age group is extremely uh, difficult. Forty, forty-four. I think is the worst age group because you find you find pros that they are not competitive with young pros again anymore. So they, they change to age group. Oh, that's true. So all of a sudden, so all of a sudden, you've got a, a super strong athlete uh, who you used to race as a pro, and now he's he's doing age group forty forty four. So they qualify they qualify to Kona as an age grouper instead as a pro because the pros they are the young ones coming up and they are extremely fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and also I think the European uh, let's say circuit is I would say the one of the most, if not the most, competitive in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. You, you, to qualify, you need to be definitely sub sub nine hours on a fast race. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I remember. I mean, my, I remember my, my first half Ironman. It was in Asia, and when I had no idea about times back then, so I finished the race and I see myself. I'm in the middle of the of the of the table, and I said, you know what? For being my first one, it's not too bad. Well, this is this is an, an easy sport, right? So then the <laughs> next time I go to Switzerland and I am like the second to the last. I'm like, my God. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's reality for yeah exactly yes, yes. Europe, Europe is, is strong especially in Ger- the Germans they're dominating everything and the cycling is amazing in Europe like it's the cycling that just blows everybody away I think in the middle of those Ironman events for the, from the Europeans but also the run eh? you need to be able to run a good marathon to because then in, in the run you can win or lose everything if you have a bad run, you can slow down by even thirty minutes, and then it's 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 bye bye for the slot. Exactly. Basically, um, I'm not interested in doing any more Ironman races. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm more focused on the ultra, which is completely different. Mm-hmm. But but having said that, um, my training sessions sometimes I do an Ironman here at home on my own, on on home ground. Just as a training day. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Last 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 year I I did one in ten hours ten oh five so that's still a good uh, workout definitely that's an oh. <laughs> sorry I'm, that's a great workout <laughs> so like yeah we want to hear more about these ultra endurance events right so talk to us about your first one um you did the double Ironman was your first ultra one what was that experience like yes the double Ironman was my first one. Uh, I did my I did my research on on how to train. I, I I have friends on Facebook who are ultra triathletes. So you know you you try to formulate the best training program for yourself. Basically, a double IM and it will involve a, a minimum of twenty four hours. So um, you you need to uh, adapt training even in the night, eating while while running, eating while cycling to train your mind and the ultra is all in small loops because they cannot close the roads so for example you swim 7.6 kilometer in a pool Uh, the bike 360 kilometer was in a 10k loop and the run was in a 2k loop wow a 10k and 2k loop yes 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 because and the and the swim is in a pool the swimming is in a pool but to be honest I prefer that even the ultras they prefer that because you have support all the all the way. Hmm. Just imagine a 360k loop bike you will see no one. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And besides you will have a tent and the tent you will have your massage and your your helpers. So if you want to stop for a massage or stop to eat after a 10k loop you can have a rest. 
you know so and it's even safe it's a safe environment it's a closed environment so people need to run in loops you're not interested in, in the course itself you're more interested in the distance you need to cover right so basically ultra is a totally different uh, aspect so this 24 hours it's basically a straight event there are no breaks in between because like in events like the ultraman they have like certain segments that you have to finish in a day and then you come back the next day and do the next but this is straight the full distance yes this is straight this is the full distance having said that if you want to have a half an hour break yes you can but then the time keeps on ticking you know in the double i and i did a mistake i i didn't even know that people don't stop and after i finished my bike session my 360k my eyes was so hurting with the sweat uh, they were burning my eyes that i went i i ran to the hotel and had a quick shower so I lost a good 30 minutes. Uh-huh. So I won't do that mistake again. But you learn from that, you know, because I lost 30 minutes just just for nothing. And are there cutoff times? Cutoff times, yes. Some races have cutoff times of, uh, I think, double Ironman will be 35 hours. So literally just double the Ironman time. Then you cut off. Yes, 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 yes. Are these events like a series of races organized by the same group of people or are these just independent races? How does that work? Is there like a whole structure to the races? Yes, there's the International uh, Ultra Triathlon Association, which is the, the mother of all, of all ultras. Okay. And then each country, each country, they will organize, some will organize a double IMN, some will organize a, a triple IMN, some will organize a DEC IMN, some will organize a quinto five IMN. And basically there are points. And people who, who take part in these races, they will get their points for the final ultra triathlon champion. Unfortunately, the, these races, they cost a lot of money. So I imagine. Yes, I can only, maybe I can only afford to do two races a year because, you know, you need to, Bring your crew with you. You need to pay for your friends to come and support you. Self-support. Yes, yes, yes. It's a, um, it's quite an expensive sport. I have two two guys with me, a masseur and a nutritionist, and they 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 come wherever I go. Okay. I guess one of the main differences that I'm sure you see in this, at least starting from double Ironman, is uh, you don't see that massification that you see on on half Ironman and full Ironman races, right? It's like, it's like a, it feels maybe like a club. Yes. You join and you have, you're racing with, I don't know, 60 people. Yes, yes, yes. We are, we are um, for the double Ironman, it was a world championship. Uh, we were, I think, around 55 athletes. Exactly. 55 athletes. And where did this take place? Where did you do it? Uh, the double in Germany. In, um, my, I, got, I forgot the place, my God. But in Germany. Okay. I mean, yeah, like Charles was saying, it'll be a small group of people because, I mean, when you look at the number of people who have done Iron Man compared to, like, if you look at the population of the world, it's it's just a handful, right? And then um, when it comes to ultra distances, that percentage reduces, like, even further. And I think it, it just takes, like, a special kind of motivation and just a different kind of crazy to actually do these. <laughs> of course. Yes, yes. Um, I I just remembered. I just remembered the place. The in German it was Amsterdam. Amsterdam for the double. Mm-hmm. In terms of level, there are some really, really, really fast athletes. For example, in the double, the world record was broken by Robert Karas. He's from Poland, and he just uh, did two the double IMN in nineteen hours. Whoa! So it's like two IMNs sub sub ten hours, one after each other. Exactly. That is crazy. <laughs> That is a crazy pace, believe me. Oh, wow. You t- just spoke about that cost of these events, like going, because they don't, it's not like Ironman where you pay your fee and then they have all the aid stations out and, you know, the medical team is there. You you have to bring all of that yourself? You have to bring a tent. Okay. You know, because you, you set up a tent. Some people bring a caravan. They will rent a caravan and they will, they will drive down to the course area. The caravan will be their their main tent, uh, and yes, you need support crew. You need at least two people to shift shift their hours. And if you need something, you you will you will ask them. Basically, they prepare food. I have my masseur. Maybe after four hours, I stop for five minutes to massage my legs. I have someone doing my food as well. 
Yeah, that's basically it. But you need you need a, you need a support crew definitely, especially for the triple, which is a two two days uh, event. So can I? Ask, how do you fund? How do you fund your your sport? I have I have good sponsors in Malta. Uh, since I'm I'm a bit lucky. Since I'm the only ultra triathlete in Malta, uh, I have good sponsors. So they take care of my gadgets, my bikes, my they fund me for the races. So. So it's all good at the moment. Oh, that's that's fantastic to have support like that. Yes, yes. I also coach in the evening. I have a team of, a team of athletes, so that's some extra money to keep me going. Yeah, from from all your Instagram pictures that I see, it feels like you're a pretty well known and important person in the whole city, in the whole area. But yes, I, but <laughs> I'm always humble to <laughs> on these things, but. Uh, yes, I try to help as much as people to to start the sports, start triathlon. Well, the Eurosport poster has to be doing a, a good thing for you. I saw that on your Instagram, the the big uh, Eurosport billboard that you're on. Yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big billboard. Yes, yes, they put it up yesterday. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, and yeah, I I just want to congratulate you on winning the People's Choice Award for the Sports Person of Malta. That was that's awesome. Just congrats on that. Yes, yes. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. So, you know, talk to us about your lead up to this first Deca Ironman, like I mean this double Ironman, like how was your training like? How did you prepare for it and walk us through event day as well? Yes, Mela, um the only problem in Malta is cycling. That's a big problem for ultra triathletes um, and for cyclists. Swimming is not a problem. I swim in the pool for long hours and we have beautiful sea where I can get a wetsuit and I, ju- and I just go and do a sea swim. We have some clear, clear waters. Running is not a problem because you find a trek or you go off-road or you go on the road. But cycling is a problem. Uh, what I do, there is a ferry which will take, which will take us to Sicily. So Sicily is my second uh, training home. Uh, sometimes I just go for one day. I catch the ferry. I go and cycle 200, 300 kilometers and then catch the ferry back home in the evening. Sometimes I go for a weekend. Sometimes I go for a week. So we use Sicily as a cycling uh, training base. Um, also, once a year, this is part of my training, I cycle the circumference of Sicily, which is 1,000 kilometers. Last year, I did it in three days. So that was quite an achievement as well. So three days of cycling, 1,000 kilometers. Um, it was a good training. That's basically it. You cycle, we cycle in Sicily most of the time. Or else in Malta, in Malta, sometimes there are like some safe roads, like a 10-kilometer loop or 8-kilometer loop, and I just go in loops over there. I've done my... Uh, longest session in Malta was uh, 300 kilometers in a five kilometer loop. So <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> crazy. But I had a good average. I, I managed uh, around 35 kilometers per hour. So that's, that's why I was, I was happy with that. So talk to us about like a weekly training volume. What does that look like? It depends the period of time. Basically, I train around 15 to 17 hours a week. Uh, but closer to the race, then you start loading up even uh, 30 hours in one week. Training for, ult- for ultra is different, different than the training for the Ironman. The ultra, there are three principles. You give an overload to your body. You smash your body. You, give, you, you, you train hard for about a good 12, 15 hours straight. And then you need to rest. So you have, a, um, so you have adaptation of, of, of your body. So basically... There is an overload over, of your body. Your body starts to adapt to the, to the load, and then you rest. You rest for four, even five days. When you, when you, when you are well rested, you do another overload. Okay. So basically, it's chunks of training, but followed by plenty rest. That's how ultra, that's how ultra works, or at least how it works for me. Um, because, how can I say, an hour of cycling will do you no good for the ultra. <laughs> Cycling, you need nine hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. Yes, but after 12 hours, then you need a good three or four, four days rest. Even running, running, if you're going for a 10K run, that's nothing. You need a 50K run, you need an 80K run. 
but after 80k run you need yes three days or four days rest so basically it's a big overload followed by rest and uh, you're ready you're ready to go for a uh, an ultra race so you're running in and one workout what i run in the whole week <laughs> yes basically you get the training of a whole week and you and you um do it in two two days but then you rest that's that's how it works that's really interesting so do you think do you see other ultra athletes do the same sort of way do it the same sort of way um i've everyone has his own method of training i follow lots of ultra ultra uh, triathletes on Strava and basically they more or less they train the same yes mm-hmm. uh, we also train nutrition for example in the double IM but this is, this is as well this is everyone has his own method what happened in the double IM after around 19 to 20 hours my body could not absorb any more solid food what solid food I was taking I was get, being sick and, I, and then I was seeing other triathletes taking liquidized food. So for my triple IMN, uh, my food intake was all liquidized. You know, you get a liquidizer and, 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 and you, so, it's, it's, so it's, the food was more in liquid format. And that kept me going for the whole two days um, of racing. So even you have to plan your nutrition, how much calories in you get in an hour, uh, how much sweat you lose how much water you need to drink so you have all these calculations uh, that you have to take care of remember if you're if you're doing an ultra even a small cramp or a small tummy ache it can reduce you to to walking yeah absolutely so the triple iron iron man that you did is the same as the double you do each sport like consecutively all in a row so it's like 44 hours of racing Yes, yes. The triple was an um, 11.4 kilometer swim in the pool. The bike was 540 kilometers and the run was 126 kilometers. That was, um, yes, all together. <clears throat> the triple was tough. I don't think I will ever do another triple, to be honest. Gosh, the training is tough and the race itself, it's even tougher. And you go with emotions. Basically, uh, what I was experiencing to be honest, I think I saw, this is funny, this is when I talk about my triple, I think I, I saw almost three sunrises. Oh. Three sunrises. <laughs> On the third sunrise, I finished the race. So basically, it's, or else you, you start racing with a clean shave and you end up the race, the race with a rough shave because <laughs> the beard starts growing. In two days. Wow, true. <laughs> That's the same rate. <laughs> so you go through a lot of emotions. Uh, what I found the hardest is the night. When the moon sets in and you're, in, you're racing through the night, uh, the athlete is cold, the athlete is hungry, you start having negative thoughts, you want to sleep, uh, you go through all these emotions. Then when, when the sun comes up, boom, your energy just, just comes back in. So it's like a wave of energy, up and down, up and down, up and down. So yes, it's a, it's a very, very emotional thing when you're racing uh, through all these elements. So how do you maintain your, your, your focus, you know, keep your mental strength going to, to push through to the end of that race? First of all, you just need to remember all the training and all the sacrifices you've done. If you, have the, uh, if you, have, if you start thinking... Uh, negative that you you need to stop you need to stop you're gonna stop it will be a big massive failure i i i definitely would like i don't know cry or i would be sorry for for the rest of my life because all the amount of hours i put up you cannot just quit on race day you cannot the good thing is you can sleep you can sleep so after the bike i remember i was losing a bit of consciousness and i just had a 30 minute power nap. I needed that power nap. Then I had some food and I, and I continued and I continued in the I, I started the run, the 126k run. So <laughs> you have to keep on going. Forget about quitting. But is part of the training for a triple Ironman like stand the whole night watching the ceiling and avoid falling asleep because <laughs> um, yes actually i i've done i've done around five sessions like that oh really what i do is yes yes what i do is um i wake up in the six i wake up six o'clock in the morning 
I spend all day awake doing nothing, and my training session will start at midnight. Oh, wow. So I will train through the night and avoid avoid uh, sleep sleep fatigue, sleep uh, deprivation. Exactly. But uh, um, to be honest, in a race, you will be more hyper, and if you try to sit down, your mind will start thinking, yeah, but the athletes are keep on going. There are athletes still racing. So uh, you get a bit nervous and you won't rest. Uh, you won't rest for much long. You just have 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and, and, and you're up again. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, I, I train for Ironmans, and sometimes it's very easy for me to sleep five hours only uh, across the week, and I get very cranky, and uh, I feel like Hulk. I turn green and, <laughs> yeah, uh, and angry at people. I can only imagine, like, doing this sort of level right so it's, uh, it's another another ball game yeah yes it's true yeah but the thing is like after that night or that day of training it's a little different right because then you get like three four days of rest after that as well so those those days of recovery are really crucial yes yes of course of course yes recovery is the most important thing in ultra you cannot do another overload session if you are still fatigued from previous sessions that's uh that then you will be overtrained and you have to be careful because your muscles, they are all overused, you know, and you have to have a good nutrition, good recovery. It's all part of the game. Mm. So many people might think because you are doing these ultras and you're doing so much training that you would have a higher incidence of getting an injury. Is that accurate? No, 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 no. I used to get more injured while doing sprint than doing ultra. The pace is the pace is slow, you know. Your heart rate is one thirty. You're running at six minutes per kilometer, you know. No, no, it's. I think it's pretty safe, pretty injury free. Okay. And uh, do you see also a drop off in the number of uh, competitors from double to triple? Yes. The longer the distance, the less athletes take part. Yes, 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 definitely. Because you said, for example, like uh, you you had like fifty five. You now you mentioned for the double, so. How, how many were you guys in the triple that you did? Having said that, the triple, we were around 60 because it's, it was a world championship as well. So world championships attracts the best athletes in the world and uh, they just go for it. Okay. So, um, but you find triple Ironman, which are not a world championship, you can find like 10 athletes taking part. So, yeah, there will be less and less. If you raise the bar, if you go for quintuple, which is five Ironman, you can choose. There are either five IMN continuous, so you do the full swim, the full uh, bike, and the full run, or otherwise, you, or otherwise you can choose one per day, an IMN per day. Oh. Uh, for now, for now, I chose the one per day. So what I do is an IMN, I go rest, sleep, and I do an IMN the following day for five days, and then they will calculate your times. To be honest, I think the triple was more difficult, was more tougher than the five IMNs, in five, one per day, to be honest. I, w- I will have to see in August. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that one taking place, that quintuple? Uh, the quintuple is taking place in Switzerland. In Switzerland. Obviously, since you are resting, then my target will be to go faster, you know. On a good day, on a good day, I will target, um, hopefully... 11 hour per Ironman and then I will see as, as I go along what results so you know you're talking about like on race day you to pull yourselves out of those rough spots mentally you fall back on the training you've done remember all the sacrifice but like during the training days what's your motivation um in the preparation leading up to it how do you keep yourself going during those times some sessions are tough you know, if you go out of the door and, you know, you need to cycle 300 kilometers, it's tough on the mind. Uh, what I do is I get I get friends to join me in training sessions. So at least I'm not alone. Some sessions, yes, I'm alone, but most of the time I get some some teammates to, to train with me. So that helps a lot. The most tough sessions are the pool. When, I, when you're doing 12K sessions in the pool. That's pretty, pretty, pretty strenuous. It's like the time stops and never passes, never passes. <laughs> yeah, nothing like that black line just to keep your mind thinking of absolutely everything but swimming. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, I also visualize, you know, um, 
because people tell me how can you swim for three hours straight you know and if i'm not doing this i would have been in an office for eight hours so i prefer swimming for three hours than in an office for eight hours you know it works works better for me it's a very good point <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'd rather look at the black line any day than a computer screen and a chair for that long. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use music for your training or even for the races? Is it allowed? Yeah, I was wondering that. For the run, yes. In the run, you can use uh, music. Cycling, no, because cycling, you need to be alert of cyclists behind you and in front of you. Yeah. In Malta, cycling, I don't use music because the roads are pretty busy and there are some crazy drivers as well. But I use music when I run. When I run, yes. Okay. Okay. Actually, actually, my son, my son uh, writes songs and he sings, so I listen to his songs. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Nice. How old is he? Yes, yes. He's twenty-two now. Nice. He's into music. I think. So, then a question I had was like, given that you've done, you know, both the you're pretty fast at the normal distances, and you you're obviously an ultra athlete, so. What's the what in terms of just the type of pain you feel and how you push through it? Do you feel any, there's any difference between when you're going fast and when you're going long? Yes, uh, yes, it's totally different. Let's say I'm doing a, a half Ironman. You feel that power. You feel those watts on the bike. You feel your heart rate high. It's a kind of different different pain, but it's pain that once you stop the race after five minutes, ten minutes, you are okay. Ultra, you have more fatigue. You have more overuse of the muscle. Uh, you need more nutrition. It's a slow pace, but it's a kind of different fatigue. The following day, your your you will you you will be your immune system will be low. You're tired. You're more hungry. So I think it's more it's more strenuous uh, in the in the ultra than doing a training for a half Ironman. So how many, like, what's your recovery period like after a uh, double or triple Ironman? Yeah, definitely take a, a week, two weeks off doing nothing. You just enjoy life. Nice. <laughs> but then you start, you start, <laughs> you start training easy. You, you start doing these one hour sessions. Basically, my program for a big race is three months. Okay. So if I don't have a particular race, I will keep these 12 hour 13 hours 14 hours training training a week when a big race is coming 12 weeks before i will start uh, building up for this particular race and now that you have in your head uh, i think you mentioned that uh, your final object were not final let's just you never know when you're going to finish right when you're going to stop uh, doing crazy things but your sort of uh, target at the moment is super crazy target you're going to do it 10 times ironman like this deca ironman right Yes, that will be in 2020. Oh, okay. Yes. And definitely I will try to do, I will go back to do the double and I'm pretty sure I can do it some three hours faster because since it was my first ultra race, I kept back, you know, and I can definitely be two hours faster in the bike and then hour faster in the run. So my target is to um, do a faster time in the in the double and, and I finish off with the, with the deca. After the deck, I don't know because there are there are these ten athletes that they are pushing the boundaries. They are doing the double deck this year, and there's a, <laughs> there's even right Ratasap who is doing the forty by Ironman. So I really don't know when I'm gonna stop. As long as I'm I'm enjoying it, I keep on going. Absolutely. The, the, yeah, the minute I start I start getting uh, sort of annoyed or too much, then I will. I think I will have go back to one hour training. <laughs> Just to to be clear, that the deca um, that you're going to be doing, it's all straight. So it's not like ten one one Ironman each day. It's just you do the huge swim and then you go into the bike and the run. The deca as well. The 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 deca you can choose. You, there's the deca continuous. So basically, it's a 38k swim, 1,800 kilometer bike, and 420k run. You can do that continuous or else one per day. And what would you choose? What are you choosing when you do this? I will choose the one per day. Okay. The one per day. I've seen, I've seen 
the some results from the deca continuous what these people were doing is they would sleep uh, unbelievably two hours a day wow and that kept on going so they they would finish they would finish in, in around eight days eight almost nine days but they would be sleeping two hours a day so that's pretty crazy i'm telling yeah, you <laughs> if if you think i am crazy i'm not there are there are athletes who who they you know uh, i don't know how they do it to be honest but hopefully i'll be there step by step yeah i guess with one a day at least you're getting that some sort of a decent recovery time between each each event that you do right so you'll you'll have time to eat and sleep and rest and get reset for the next day is that Yes, 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 exactly. The problem is when athletes start developing some fever because uh, the body sometimes it doesn't recover quickly, it needs more of rest, and people are pushing their boundaries, they need to start another IMS. So sometimes they have fever and they, then they have to quit. I'm, I imagine it can get pretty dangerous at times. Yes, yes, then you have to know your boundaries. And then there's the problems of uh, toenails coming off, blisters, oh. rash, you know, so you have to yeah, be prepared okay. for these kind of things. I mean, and if for, for, for a double Ironman, you, usually you, you said you bring your, your, your crew. I mean, for this, you need to bring an entire delegation or something, no? Because uh... No, you, you, still, you still, for a double Ironman, you still need two persons, one who takes care of your nutrition and the other one who takes care of your masseur. They just... You know, just just sit there. Most of the time, they are doing nothing. They're just <laughs> they can <laughs> they they're sleep. just waiting for you to come back whenever you're ready. Yeah. To be fair, though, it's still a pretty exhausting task. I need them. I need them every four hours. Every four hours, I need, I want them awake. Exactly. <laughs> because, <laughs> but it's it's all good. It's all good. Now, before people go into an event like this, because you just talked about how it can, you know, the fevers, the illness, like it can be very very taxing on your body are people required to have say a physical exam to pass some sort of yes 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 okay even the race organizers they take our blood because they need to know if we are ready to race they need to know our um, homoglobin level you know and uh, some of us get tested for doping so there's a doctor for every race as well. That's good because I, I can only imagine like, because I know people go into Ironman and just an Ironman, just one. And, and, you know, sometimes you wonder if they're going to make it through or if they're fit enough to go into this. I imagine if you're going into 10, though, you've probably, you're a lot more fit. But still, you know, sometimes we overestimate our abilities to finish something or what our health levels actually are. So do you ever see anybody like that that goes into those races where maybe they kind of overestimated their, their abilities? Your body um, will just shut down when you, cannot, when you cannot have any more races. For example, out of 15 starters doing the DECA, uh, there will be, let's say, five of them who don't finish. You know, they, they, just, they just shut down. So yeah. your body will tell you what to do, you know? Others keep on struggling. Some some of them will start. Uh, they they can finish even on seventeen hours, you know. So they just get a couple of hours of sleep and they have to keep on going. Then it's their choice if they want to keep on going or not. But there will be the doctor who will assist them. Um, and uh, worst case scenario, they, he will stop them from doing the next race. Yeah, and and I can imagine that. Uh, I mean, you say that those five that don't finish the deca. I mean, obviously it's disappointing, but in a way. I guess is a is a very uplifting experience to have to go go through all of that, and even though you you fall apart because you, I mean it's just a super harsh experience, you still manage to experience the whole atmosphere and, and I don't know half of the days of racing, and I think it's not a it's not as bad as maybe bunking on a half Ironman or an Ironman race, right? Where you've been training for months and suddenly. You cannot just make it across this uh, 12-hour event. But uh, I guess for Ardeca, it's like even though you you fall down, it's, uh, it's quite a, quite an achievement by itself not to have uh, sustained that, that, that much, no? Yes, yes. And then um, you can easily assess what went wrong, you know, in, a, in an ultra race. So you get prepared for the next one. Most of the time is the nutrition. Mm -hmm. If you get bad nutrition, uh, you're, you're in big trouble. 
because um, as long as you give the body the right amount of nutrition, it keeps on going. It's amazing. Uh, if you eat if you eat bad stuff, then I think it will be one of the reasons that your body will shut down. So, what kind of nutrition do you have? So, you I know you use liquids, but what is consistent in your liquids and how often like do you have a time that you're eating or do you eat when you're 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 hungry yes basically what i try to do is for example you don't take the same amount of calories as much as you spend as much as you burn you take less you eat less calories than 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 you than you burn because otherwise you can easily get uh, get bloated yeah so basically what i try to do is to eat around 600 and 700 calories per hour. But what I do is I do it every two hours. So I eat every two hours and I try to get around 1,400 calories. Um, you also have to check your sweat rate. If it's a sunny day, you drink more. If it's a cold day, you drink less. Because again, you drink more and you get bloated and you'll have, you'll, you'll have some stomach cramps. Uh, sugar, we don't take gels. Okay. Gels is a bad sugar for us. We stick we stick to fruit, so we get the sugars from the fruit. Salt, yes, we take, we do take salt tablets because we need we need a, an amount of salt. Food, in my case, which was liquidized, I take carbs. You know, you can get the pasta, pasta and liver liquidized. I had the smoothie bombs uh, where I put banana, uh, peanut butter, uh, avocado. Agave, you know, you stick to the you stick to to the healthy stuff. After a long day of eating that, do you just feel like you can't eat that anymore for the next few days? The next few days, you'll be super hungry. Believe me, you start eating like crazy. So you'll eat anything. Yeah, I, I think I spent so much money on food the following day, and because <laughs> I was eating every two hours. Super well deserved. Yes, 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 and and having said that. You, I had the right amount of calories, and I still lost five kilos. Wow! My face, yes, yes. I, I started the race seventy kilos, and because in Europe we use kilograms, I don't know in pounds how much it is. But I started the race seventy kilograms, and I ended up the race sixty-five kilograms. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but mainly, but mainly water. You lose a lot of water. Yeah. So then you spend the next two, three days. You, you start eating like crazy. Of course. And when you mention uh, this uh, agave as one of the things that you have on your nutrition, I think people should be very aware of the, the, the form of agave that you're using for the, the nutrition and avoid using tequila on your, on your water bottles, right? <laughs> but what kind of agave I'm talking, it's, it's, it's like it will replace the sugar. Yeah. It's a liquid form agave. Are we talking about the same same thing? I think. Well, I, I'm not sure. I know that the, aga the fermented agave is, uh, I think, is what uh, constitutes the basis of tequila. But that's when you said agave, I was like, hmm, careful. Uh, no, I'm not sure about it. Agave is a, is it's like it's like a honey. You know, it, instead of using sugar, I use agave. It's liquid form. Oh, really? Okay. So I think I think it's it's a different kind of agave. Yeah, I have that. I have that agave as well at home, and sometimes we use it, and I use it for cooking or um, as a sugar substitute. Yes, yes, sugar substitute. Yeah. And also uh, coconut, uh, coconut uh, oil, coconut milk. Is that because it's high in fat as well? Yes, it's good fat. You know, avocado and coconut milk, it's, it's some kind of fat that we need to burn, to, to use as a burn uh, substitute. Well, thank you. That's... Yeah, that's 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 good to know. It's like it's pro it's helpful too to give ideas for listeners who are doing longer events, just for other ideas other than gels and chews and things like that that can also make you bloated while you're. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The the gels uh, the gels they can make you sick. Your your stomach will be so sensitive after twenty hours of running. Yeah. That uh, anything funny will 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 make you sick. Once I remember, even I tried. Uh, I, I it was so hot and I. Someone gave me an ice cream, and that's that was it. I was sick, oh. so I said no more ice creams. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but as I'm saying, nutrition is one of the most important thing you have to take care of uh, in running and in, in ultras. You have to train, train as well how to eat. Very important. Try out different things. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. So you know, like Sheila just mentioned, like 
uh, listeners getting some ideas about nutrition. Like there may be some people listening who are getting some crazy ideas about going into these ultra distances down the line in the future, maybe. So, you know, speaking from your experience as a coach and for, as an athlete itself, like what would you tell these guys? How do you tell them to approach going into ultra endurance? Ultra, it's all about training definitely there are also some qualified coaches you can find on the internet and uh, there are lots of blogs you can read but every athlete has his own uh, method of training and even if i if i um, discussed with you guys my way of nutrition it can be different for other athletes but that's the the best way i found for myself so people need to trial and error during the long hours of training and then they will formulate their own nutrition plan because everyone is 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 different awesome so given that you have such i I just want to talk a little bit more about just the malta triathlon scene i mean given that you have some influence in that area like have you seen uh, more people getting into sport in general or triathlon in specific? Have you seen the triathlon scene grow? Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, uh, until a few years back, we used to be around 30 triathletes in a race. And, and now there's some 150 registered triathletes. So that's quite a big number of increase. Cycling competitions, there are more numbers. Running competitions, there are more athletes. Swimming competitions, there are more swimmers. So sports is on on the increase. Hopefully, we will have more sports facilities because we are lacking back from sports facilities. I mean, we need a velodrome in Malta, another pool in Malta. Uh, there is a sister island. It's called Gozo. Um, they need a track there. They need a, a swimming pool there. These things, we are still a bit laid back. So hopefully, we start investing in sports facilities because the numbers of at least they are increasing one thing that i was really excited to see was that super league triathlon was held in malta last october i mean that must have been amazing for the sport in the city there yes uh, super league proud to say that i was the first guy to to talk to chris mccormick to bring super league to malta so (laughs) we worked hard for that super league it was a fantastic experience to see all these uh, world-class olympic champions racing in malta Yes, Chris McCormack is a friend of mine, and um, uh, hopefully they will start doing this race every year. Which for next year, I think they they they're gonna um, they will be back to Malta as well. We had a beautiful scenery. If you've seen the videos, yeah, it was uh, in Birgu. It was a fortified fortified city. Uh, the route was fantastic. It's there was a brutal hill. Uh, beautiful weather in October, so everything went well. Yeah, I was surprised that Chris McCormack was, you know, because given just given the nature of Super League, he usually chooses the most brutal conditions and locations for his races. It, it's a tough course. I think I, I've watched all Super, Super League courses. Um, I think Malta, Malta is one of the most toughest courses in Super League, definitely. I, I even saw a picture of... Uh, I think it was this kid named Jake, along with the Brownlee brothers, and you. I just, I was, I just was curious about what's the story behind that. Ah, uh, yes, 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 that's a fantastic story. Um, Jake is a good friend of mine. He's he's just turned ten years old. He's he has a very rare condition. Only seventy cases in the world. Uh, basically, he just is what. Um, it's it's a, it's a, it's called rohad if you google on rohad it's quite a a sad condition because there's no cure and i think i think people they only uh, live up to 20 years old or so so basically this kid is um, a good friend of mine we talk almost every day he's obsessed with triathlon and one day i asked him what is your dream and his dream was to meet the brownlee brothers so that's when I started uh, working how to fulfill Jake's dream. Uh, basically, I contacted the Brownlees and I got some sponsors to pay for the Brownlees to, to come to Malta. But they had a heavy schedule and they couldn't fly to Malta. Then the Brownlees, they told me, what about Jake 
to fly to Leeds and he spent a week um, with them. But the doctor, the, the doctor in Malta, they didn't allow Jake to fly due to his condition because he can uh, go to the worst. So we fixed the Skype talk. Jake came to my house. We did a Skype talk with the Brownlees. We talked for about half an hour and Jake was over the moon. That's when Super League came along because I know the Brownies were in Super League and I contacted Chris McCormack. We were talking. He was talking about this kid as well because he saw this video and that's when the idea of Super League to Malta evolved. And that was a great idea because then the Brownies, they can come to Malta and meet Jake. So eventually, last October, Jake met, uh, met Alistair and uh, Jonathan Brownlee for the first time uh, live. So that's a fantastic story. <laughs> nice. That's just amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Jake was over the moon. Uh, Vincent Louis, the winner of uh, the winner of uh, Super League in Malta, he also gave him the the gold medal. Oh wow! And uh, and and one of his uh, uh, pink tri suits. So Jake was over the moon. <laughs> That's awesome. I've, that's awesome. I've seen some videos of him on the bike, you know, on his trainer and riding. It's just awesome to see that. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, Jake trains trains for survival. His condition, uh, he just keeps on putting on weight and, uh, you know, he has to sleep with a mask on. But, you know, Jake Jake is a is a big guy. He's, got, he's positive. He just trains like mad. And his the most important thing is that he is positive, and I actually believe that Jake will uh, will um, overcome this this condition. Well, our prayers and thoughts are with him for sure. Yes, 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 definitely. All right, Fabio. So to sort of wrap things up here and take us to the end of the show, we have a final few questions. Um. So just yeah. So your next goal is basically set on the. Triple, I mean, the DECA Ironman. Is that what your next goal is? My next goal is the quintuple 5 IM in, in August. Okay, yeah, quintuple. That, okay. Will be, that will be a stepping stone for the DECA Ironman, which I will do in 2020. Got it, got it. Cool. So where can people follow your journey online? Yes, I have, I have, um, I have uh, yeah, Facebook, Fabio Spiteri, but I also have... Uh, Facebook page as an athlete page, Fabius Piteri Road to Deca. And what's the message you'd want people listening to take away from your story? Apart from inspiring kids, because yes, kids, they, they get inspired. I, I often go and do talks to school. I am more interested to inspire 40-year-olds in Malta, because um, in my opinion, 40-year-old, it's a wake-up call. You know, I often see overweight 40 year olds unfit they are still drinking they are still smoking some of them are still taking drugs you know i think when you're a 40 it's a wake-up call people should uh, quit their old life Absolutely. start start involving more into physical activity all right i'm not telling them to start ultra but <laughs> at, least they, at least they can you know they can start doing some half an hour an hour a day that's when uh, their their life will change and Obviously, over 40 will be the next step to for their fitness. That's my message. Love it, love it. Okay, and are there any brands of people that you'd like to give a shout-out to? Uh, yeah, definitely to Jake. He's my, he's my hero, and I'm sure he will, he will listen to this, to this podcast. And yeah, to all my friends uh, or my teammates in Team Fabio. So <laughs> that's it, basically. All right. And our last question is, why do you try? Yeah, my answer will be, why not? You know, um, you know, I lost my parents at a very young age. They both died of cancer. So that's, that, that was also uh, why I should never take my life for granted. You know, we are strong, we are independent. We can swim, we can bike, we can run, we can do anything we want. So... Don't waste your time. Why, why should you spend four hours on a sofa watching telly when you can be out there running with your friends or, or cycling in the sun, you know? So why not? Triathlon is a fantastic sport. You have a bigger circle of friends. If you are injured, you can still try because you have a pain in your hamstring, you can still swim. If you have a calf problem, you can still cycle, you know? So, so it's all good. And 
even after a training session, there's that good feeling. There's our, there's that endorphins that will make you happy. It's the definitely triathlon um, adds color to to your life. Love nice, it. awesome. All right, Fabio. This it was amazing having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, keep 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 this uh, good job for humans of triathlon. It's it's an inspire. It's an inspiration for other people to pick up this beautiful sport of ours. Right, right, right. Welcome to another fantastic Triple C C-Cubed Community Comments with Charles, where we actually take a look at your comments and see what you guys think about the podcast. And uh, I'm going to go now to the United States of America, and I'm going to read the following. I love, love, love this podcast. Most podcasts are filled with professional triathletes, which isn't a bad thing. But what if you work a 40-plus hour week and still want to try it's amazing hearing these people's stories and how they continue to fit in try training around their life. Everyday people doing extraordinary things. I love listening on my long runs or bikes or my community work. Keep up the great work. And this comes from stone.fit. Thank you very much for your kind comments. And guys, remember that you can find us everywhere. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Strava. We have our own website, by the way. Yes, we do. Humansoftriathlon.com and on various podcasts uh, platforms, including Apple Podcasts and iTunes as well. Thank you very much. Send your review and next week it might be you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for being a part of this Humans of Triathlon community. Hope you're enjoying the show and the other content. Make sure to join us again next week here on the Hot Podcast, where we'll bring you another amazing guest and story from this Audrey but extra Audrey world of triathlon. Until then, everyone, keep trying. <laughs>